you are listening to From Sobriety to Recovery with Jesse Mogul. Let's get to the show. Welcome back to From Sobriety to Recovery. I am your host, Jesse Mogul. I am in addiction recovery. I am excited to bring you some awesome, awesome stuff today. And we're going to dive right in because it's 11 o'clock on a Wednesday night and I am running myself ragged, but I had to get this information to you today. Yes, I did. So check this out. I have actually been feeling exhausted and overwhelmed and depleted. And a little bit like I'm running on empty. And yesterday I met with my life coach because I believe every coach should have a coach. I think every person should have a coach. And I'm super digging um, these sessions that he and I are having lately because we generally focus on work. But yesterday I came to him and he's like, what can I help you with the most today that will help you move forward? And I was like, dude, we got to talk about my attitude and my energy and my internal experiences right now. And it was a major shift for Mike because that's not what I normally say. Normally, I'm like, let's get to my speech. Let's get to this. Let's get to the marketing. Let's get to the networking. Let's get to something work-related, but not this time. This time, I brought emotions. And I've been feeling a lot of pretty heavy emotions. In fact, um, Monday mornings, I do this thing uh, with uh, some other of my fellow life coaches that have all gone through NLP courses. Either I've trained them or Aubrey has or our mentor Matt has. So they're all NLP certified. They're all part of the NLP crew. And it's a great coaching experience to have being around other NLP coaches who are working on similar things. And so Monday mornings we meet and I'd say probably like four out of the last eight, I've gotten teary-eyed. So I'd say about half out of the last couple months um, because I'm feeling a lot. There's a lot going on in my life. There's a lot of major shifts. There's a lot of major changes going on, you know, coming up on the first year of the Huntsville experience with my girlfriend, Jen. I've been here now a year and a half. The honeymoon is still full on. I'm definitely feeling it because if it seems like we're making major life changes like every six months and we just bought a house and we moved in and there's projects and then there's business and there's work. And then I put on a ton of weight for the winter, looking to put on a lot of muscle. And I did put on a fair amount of muscle, but not nearly enough to justify the 30 pounds of weight that I put on. That's not true. Let's reel that in. I was 173 when I started. I was 199 in a whisper towards 200 when I stopped. I'm already down to like 191 because I can reverse much almost just as easy as I can gain it. But that's after 12 years of knowing how to gain and lose. It's just gain and release. Thank you, unconscious mind, for catching that one. Gain and release. It's like catch and release. It's like I like to catch weight and then release weight. (laughs) And I do this to put on the muscle. And I'm learning new things. And that's not the point. Let's get back to the tears. Um, We go through a lot. And we talk about a lot. And I'm experiencing a lot. And so having gone through that again Monday morning and you know, Matt really nurturing me, but also giving me some tough love. We came down to this idea that I'm taking on too much and I have to know when to cut strings from projects that are no longer serving me in the here and now as the version of me that I am right now. Um, unfortunately, that does sound like that means the College Success Habits show is going to come to a conclusion here soon. And whatever that looks like, um, I'll tell you more about that later. But to focus in on 
the aftermath of that session with Matt and the rest of the coaches, uh, you know, here I am a day later meeting with Mike. And so I bring these emotions to him and I start talking about 50 pound anchors, you know, with a thousand pound chain wrapped around my neck. And we really sunk into some pretty deep, heavy stuff. And from that came this five-step process that I'm going to turn into a 30-minute long podcast because I, of course, have gone off and grown it and turned it into more. Now, a little caveat here, a little sidebar, is a, a while back ago, I listened to a Brooke Castillo. She's my old mentor, life coach. Still love her show. I just no longer am in the monthly life coaching school that she runs. Um, so I still listen to her podcast, and she talked about mental toughness a little while ago. And so I'm listening to her show like I regularly do, and I took some notes, and I, I started noticing a correlation between what it was I went through over the last couple days with both my coaches and what it was she was talking about a few months ago. So I thought, let's pull up those notes I took about her podcast, and let's combine them with what I developed with Mike yesterday because the coolest thing is once a coaching session with him is done is he turns it back to me and goes, okay, if you were coaching you during this, what did you notice that I did with you? What is it that you could be doing with others in the future? So I don't just get coached. At the end of it, we discuss how the coaching went. So I then can learn from that coaching and turn it into more powerful ways for me to coach. It's a very interesting perspective. First, you're in that first person experiencing it um, as the client, and then you step into that second person, the coach, and experience that way, and then you bring that back into yourself now as me being both of them. So very first, second, third person, like we did the other day when I taught you all perceptual positions. Breathe, Jesse, breathe. So tons of overwhelm, tons of tired, tons of exhaustion. And this sounds like something that's going on because they're, you know, in the tribe, which again, if you would like to be involved with that, you can go to jessemogul.com forward slash the hub. Um, and you can sign up directly and then shoot me over an email at jesse at jessemogul.com. And we can get you signed up into the tribe that meets on Voxer. Um, of course you can just simply, uh, once joined and you get into the academy, um, there are ways that you can contact me as well. Uh, but again, you can always go via Instagram or TikTok as well. But anyways, if you want to join the hub, that's there, jessemogul.com forward slash the hub, or you can go to jessemogul.com slash ask me, shoot me over some questions and we can see if you qualify for the tribe. And the tribe seems to be having a certain amount of fatigue going on themselves. And this can happen for those of us who, you know, whether you're, you know, one month, four months, four years, six years into your sobriety and recovery, where we start to actually feel good and we're feeling positive and things are going in the right direction. So we want to add more things, right? We're like, wow, I've never felt this good. I am really rocking and rolling. Issue we can have is that we get into this, I don't know how to say no complex where we start taking more on, even if it's our own self putting this stuff on us, it's still the yes is coming. And too many yeses 
leave us depleted and leave us exhausted. So let's get into the process that Mike and I developed yesterday. And this is super powerful, super awesome. In fact, I've already had two coaching clients that I've utilized this on and they listen to the podcast. So they will probably recognize what we went through today simply because I'm getting ready to explain it to y'all. So and honestly, this is some really cool self-life coaching stuff. So if you've got a pen and a pad, write it down, and I'll be very mindful to tell you each step so you can write it down, and then I will explain more of it. So the very first thing that we did is we got into, number one, what is my current experience? What am I currently experiencing. Now, for me, what I brought to him was a lot of negative self-talk, negative voices inside my head whipping my own ass. So one B in this is identify the negative voice. So what is my current experience? And then identify the negative voice. Now, for me, it generally is going to be either my dad or my girlfriend. It's going to be some level of, am I disappointing them or did they use the wrong tone? Does something go down where I'm now trying to figure out Uh, what is going on in that relationship. And I say all that because it's not necessarily like my dad or my girlfriend will even say anything negative to me. But the voice inside my head takes on their persona. Super weird, but my assumption is, you know, using my rudimentary psychological knowledge here, is that um, the voice inside my head will often be the people who love me the most, just wanting the best for me but maybe not necessarily using the correct approach. And that's going to be something that's extremely mindful is those that are the closest to us, they generally want good for us. They may not know the best approach. They may not be willing to actually step into a level of self-awareness and realize that there are times where we need nurturing, not having ourselves beat up or pushed harder. There are some times where I just, I don't need to be pushed any harder. I am doing a fine job of that on my own. So number one, what is my current experience with 1B? Identify the negative voice. Once we have identified the negative voice, and again, this doesn't actually have to be something that somebody close to you that you love said to you. We're not actually talking about actual words they've used, although it can be words they've actually used. But generally, the voice will show up as someone directly in your life probably somebody very close to you, and they won't have to be anything they've actually said. It will just be your mind using that person's face and voice to say these things to you. It's just, it's a psychological thing inside. We tend to just allow the people inside our heads whom we love the most and the mind said, well, okay, well, this is probably something that I'll have come from them since you seem to listen to them so much. So, Identifying the negative voice. So then we got into step two. What would I like my current and future experiences to be? Because here's the thing. What is it I want my current and future? Let me slow it down. There's a reason why we say current and future experiences. Because my current experience can be shifted now. I can stand up and change my physiology. I might change my body language, uh, arch my back, roll back my shoulders. I can use a more positive tone with myself. I can change the pictures in my mind that are showing me images of negativity and start to shift them into positivity. But that's just temporary. When we ask ourselves, what do I want my current and future experiences to be? It puts us in a state of future pacing where we say, okay, I can do this now 
how can I turn it into something that actually has more longevity to it, that can continue on even further? We want to be very mindful of consciously choosing strong thoughts, strong feelings, strong words, strong beliefs about ourselves and our life. That's why asking ourselves, what do we want our current and future experiences to be is so powerful. It's in that awareness. It's in that conscious awareness where we can really begin to notice our thoughts, our feelings, our words, and our belief systems about ourselves. Because when we go to release the negative self-talk, which we have talked a lot about lately, because that's what I'm experiencing. And I'm really just using this podcast as therapy sometimes. When we communicate with this voice to find out what it wants, the negative self-talk generally will have a positive intent behind it. Now for me, this is for me, back in the day, whipping my own ass and talking shit to myself was actually how I motivated myself. But that's not how I want to be anymore. I do not want to beat myself up in order to feel good about myself anymore. I know, it seems wild. Back in the day, I would beat myself up. I would push myself to get up even when I was exhausted and work a little bit harder, Gary Vaynerchuk style, and then that would somehow make me feel better about myself. Right? We want to be consciously aware of are we moving toward who we want to be or trying to move away from what we don't want to be, from who we don't want to be. Are we going to the gym because we want to be healthy and able to run around with our kids or our nieces and nephews? Are we going to the gym so we don't feel like a sloth and like we're the trash heap from the Fraggle Rock cartoon, puppeteer show, whatever, right? There's a difference. I go to work because I want to feel the fulfillment that comes from helping people. Or I go to work because I don't want to live in a van down by the river eating, you know, mud bugs and beans out of a can with, with Hobo Hank. There's a difference. Huge difference. I want us to be focused on that difference. So when we ask ourselves about our current and future experiences, we communicate with that voice that can be showing up in your head as anybody. You already know. You've already got a picture in your mind of who that voice is that's been whipping your own ass. Listen for the positive intent. The positive intent from my negative self-talk was actually to motivate myself to work a little bit harder. But that's the thing. I don't want to use negative self-talk to motivate myself anymore. I just don't. Remember the episode where, you know, am I, is the way I'm talking and the way I'm behaving addict Jesse, sober Jesse, or recovery Jesse? To me, addict Jesse is the version of me that beats myself up thinking that's somehow going to motivate me. That's no longer working for me. It worked for me a couple years ago. Worked for me during COVID. Worked for me during COVID. The entirety of COVID, I was furloughed from work for over a year. The entirety of COVID, not one day on a Monday through Friday did I sit on that couch and watch TV. While everybody else was gobbling down on Tiger King, I watched the first episode and was like, this dude's from Oklahoma. I'm from Oklahoma. I'm pretty sure he's my cousin. I don't want to watch my cousin do meth and pick on lions anymore. (laughs) Just like Tiger King, so it was probably tigers, not lions. Either way, I saw a whole lot of my family in that was like, Nick say, not watching it. One weekend, we binged Handmaid's Tale. Other than that, pretty much kept a very active work focus. Like, I did not let up off myself during that furlough. And I used a lot of negative self-talk to keep pushing myself. Spun my wheels a lot, too, mind you. Didn't get done nearly as much as I thought I was going to get done. And missed some really great opportunities. 
to do some things for the community that now I'm looking back on, I wish I'd done. But the negative self-talk was too overwhelming for me to pay attention to what I could have been doing more positively. That's where negative self-talk can get you. It can be so loud, you actually miss the obvious positive things you could be doing you're too busy trying to deflect the negativity coming at yourself. So listening for the positive intent and deciding, I no longer want to be the person who does blank. Whatever it is that your voice has been saying to you in a negative manner, you're no longer that person. We are now seeking new, more empowering ways to behave towards ourselves. And then number three. So let's, I talked a lot of words there. Let's go back and make sure you're following me. What is your current experience? Identify the negative voice. Number two, what would you like your current and future experiences to be? By communicating with that voice to find out what it wants and listening for the positive intent. Number three, find out what it is you really want. For me, when Mike said, Jesse, what do you really want? It was profound because there's not many people in my life who actually stop me, ask me that question. And just listen to the answer. So few people in my life will just stop me, ask me a powerful question, and then provide me the space to actually say it without there being any advice or any tips or tricks or hacks or anything else. Just giving me the space to be heard. So when he asked me, what is it I really want? We started to really figure out what outcome I was seeking with the overwhelm, with the exhaustion, because something brought me here. It was working really hard. It was pushing myself, right? Oh, I gained, you know, 20 pounds over the winter. Now it's time to release it all. So we've got to reverse that. And we got to exhaust ourselves with that. And we got to launch this program. We got to do that speech. We got to go do this and do that. And we don't got to do any of it, right? Isn't there an episode I did recently? Is it I got to versus get to? Like, I get to do these things. How blessed be my life now. I get to be a homeowner. I get to experience buying a weed eater. I spent an hour weed eating my backyard today. I haven't used a weed eater since I was in high school on the farm. How freaking awesome that I own a yard and we were able to move these bricks and use a handsaw to cut down these trees. And then some of them, the one tree's roots were really deep in the ground. So I dug a big old hole around it. I couldn't find, you know, the base of all the roots. They were super in there. So I sat there and I dug deep enough and then I just cut down cut the whole tree down at the trunk underneath the dirt and then filled the hole back up. I was like, yeah, look at me. I know that tree might still be alive underneath the ground, but at least you can't see it. Like it was magnificent. Fixed the fence a little bit. It was awesome. So I get to do these things. And that difference in energy from got to to get to is enormous. So what are the thoughts I can believe about myself? What do I want to believe about myself? I want to believe that I'm taking humongous steps forward considering where I was six years ago. And I'm not always using six years ago as my baseline. Waking up in a shit tub isn't the bar I'm trying to raise myself beyond anymore. Being 160 pounds on my 45th birthday and 9% body fat, that's not even the bar I'm trying to raise myself to anymore. So now that I'm sitting here getting ready to turn 47 and I'm back up to 193, which was the weight I was at 
two years ago in January, whenever I was like, okay, five months till my 45th birthday, let's cut all this weight and be the same weight I was on the day I graduated high school, right? Well, I went to go put on muscle, put on a bunch of weight. It's like, okie dokie, here goes the yo-yo, but it was part of a five-year plan. So when I ask myself, what are the thoughts I can believe in? What do I want to believe in myself? It's that I can make goals and I can take action. And it's like somebody said the other day to me, I don't have goals. I make challenges for myself. And I do. I love making challenges for myself. I'm also a little bit tired from all the challenges I keep putting upon me. So I'm going to start actively working on challenging myself to have a day where I just relax. Don't check email. Don't get on social media unless it's to, to relax, right? Lay in on my office floor and watch an old football game I recorded from last year, right? Sit there and you know, go and take a walk because I like walks and I like getting my steps, but then come back in and maybe take a nap. A couple of weeks ago, I laid down in my bed in the middle of the day right before I was going to teach an LP and I took an hour nap. That is the first time I have laid down in my bed during the daytime in two and a half years without being sick. I was sick when I first moved here. I had COVID. So I do remember laying in bed for a little bit there. But other than that, I do not get in the bed I sleep in at night in the middle of the day and take a nap. I don't. I'll fall asleep in my office chair. I'll fall asleep on my office floor. I got a little blanket and a little pillow in here. I will lay on a hard floor, but I will not lay in that bed. Because it's something about that bed means it's time to go night-night. Not time to go nap-nap. There's no napping. There's no crying in baseball. There's no napping on a work day. But I let myself do it. So I'm challenging myself now to release some of the pressure I put upon myself. When I ask myself what it is I really want, what outcome am I seeking, it's to have is it better? Is it more? Is it empowering? Lots of different words are popping into my head. None of them are really sticking out. But it's to have a more nurturing relationship with myself where I can fully embrace what it is I can control and I can release what it is I cannot control. I can control myself, my mind, my body, my spirit, my physical condition, my nutrition, my hydration, my sleep, my rest, uh, my emotional ebbs and flows. I can control me. I control my mind, therefore I can control my body. And the mind's in charge of all of it. Mind's playing its role in every single thing I just listed off. So number four, when Mike and I were coaching me, right? number three, find out what it is I really want and really figure out what outcome I was seeking. Then number four was talk it through with myself using positive reframing and conscious shifting of language patterns. Talk it through with myself using positive reframing and conscious shifting of language patterns. Positive reframing and conscious shifting of language patterns. Right? Because there has to be this version of me that sits down, gets still, and says, all right, Jess, let's have a conversation. I know these other voices are in your head, and they're saying this, that, and the other, but let's just me and you have a conversation. What is it you want? 
what are the challenges, and how can we work through this stuff? Using positive reframing and conscious shifting, because I control my mind, my body, my spirit, my feelings, my emotions, everything I just went through. And there has to be this willingness to feel into fear, to feel into the guilt, to feel into the afraid, to feel into whatever the negative emotions are. Because that which I resist persists. If I just simply try to push away the negative self-talk and just blindly throw in positive affirmations, that, that doesn't work for me. I need to have proof. There has to be some kind of self-proving mechanism inside me that says, oh, this positive affirmation is something I can believe about myself. We talk a lot about this, about having this proving mechanism within yourself. When you know you're setting goals, there has to be something that lets you know that you have achieved that goal, that you that you, the challenge you set has been fulfilled by you. We're looking for that proof mechanism. If you don't have a proof mechanism, then there's no way to know that you got where you were aiming. When I want to go to the grocery store, the proof mechanism I have that I have arrived at Kroger is that I am parking my car in the Kroger parking lot. Now, life can be way different because we know success is this squiggly-ass line you know, not like the 72 here in Madison going to Kroger. You know, once you get on 72, just go straight. There's Kroger. It's like literally to get to Kroger is three turns from my house. It's not that hard to get there. Life and success is way more wiggly wobbly. So I want to be knowing that I've got a proof mechanism in place that if I say a positive affirmation to myself, that I can find a place in my life where that actually works where I've actually experienced that. It's got to be something that I know to be true. That It's there. So this is my proof mechanism for this, that, or the other. And it's coming through the positive reframing and the conscious shifting of language patterns and this willingness to walk through the fear and take action anyways. When we are exhausted, and there's a lot of us who are out there, a fear can be taking a day to ourselves. And like I said in the tribe, it's not just that I want to take a day to myself and push off some of these things or just saddle them all onto Jen's shoulders because that's not fair either, right? I just don't want there to be a day where I have to do anything. Like I literally just wanted to be like, wow, I actually, yeah, I actually think that I might be good. And we don't get to take days off from life. I get it, right? We still got to eat and drink and go to the bathroom. Like there's just basic human necessities that our body is going to require from us. But I just want to be able to just look in the mirror and go, you know, I actually think I'm all caught up. (laughs) I think I can just stop for today. And that must be super hard for those of y'all out there with children because it's not even your own life that you're seeking to take care of each and every day. But now you've got children's lives too, and you've got your own life. And of course, there's a spouse or a partner involved in that as well. So (laughs) it's like, and I've got plants. (laughs) The plants need things. Not in a bad way, Zeb. You know, I love you, Zeb. And then I've got Bumblebee. And then I've got my new little fuzzy plant. I love, I love you three. You're not that. Please don't take that the wrong way. Zeb's, the, Zeb's little edges of Zeb's leaves. I have a zebra plant called Zeb. Zeb, 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 how you do? And Zeb, um, the leaves, the edges are turning brown. And I read it it's because I'm either not watering it enough or overwatering it, which isn't helpful at all because <laughs> because then I don't know how often to water it. 
I water it every Monday, stick my finger down in it. Maybe it's wet. Maybe it's not. Is it damp? Is it too much water? Not enough. I'm going to kill the plant. I swear, don't die. But my point is, is like, y'all have children. I got three plants <laughs> and a girlfriend. So, and a wall, in a yard that I weed eat. Like, I, I mean, it's, but it's all our own lives, right? I, I laugh and I make jests and I go off on a 45 second tangent about my plants. But we all have these requirements, these things. And it's like finding that day where we can just say, we're here. I can finally rest. It it may not actually be there. So what we're looking for is this ability to promise ourselves to work on the achievement of our challenges in a way where it's guilt-free and it's through acceptance. I'm going to repeat that because it's number five. We want to make a promise to ourselves to work on the achievement of our challenges we're making toward ourselves with the releasing of the guilt and the acceptance of ourselves. So you make it. So that's what he had me do. He's like, okay, what are some promises you want to make to yourself? Some things that you can set about achieving these challenges you're going to have and you release the guilt and you accept yourself in the here and now, that you are doing everything that you can with the resources that you have, whether the resources are energy or money or time, whatever it might be. And I want you to start making promises to yourself because it seems like we can make promises to other people and we keep those up, but not always with ourselves. Not always with ourselves. See, when we're not mindful of our mental toughness, of our emotional toughness, it can go a little bit overboard. And then we think mental toughness and emotional toughness is actually pushing ourselves harder, pushing ourselves farther. Go, 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 go. Wow, look who I used to be. Now look who I am. I, If I can do this, what more can I achieve? More and more and more. And maybe it's a Western civilization thing. Maybe it's a United States thing. Maybe it's just a human species thing. But it's just drive more, 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 must have more, more, more. I mean, I picture like, you know, the trash heap from Fraggle Rock with a little bit of a mixture of Cookie Monster and then that chef from the Muppets. It's like, put the chicken in the body. Cookies, cookies, cookies. Trash heap has spoken. It's like, okay, can, can the peanut gallery just calm down? You two old dudes in the balcony, shut the hell up. I don't need any more shit out of you. Let's just chill ourselves out. And it can be prayer. It can be meditation. It can be taking a walk. But I want you to focus on the mindfulness of knowing that something you are doing, you are doing for the recharging or you're doing for the charging, not even recharging, just for the charging for the emotional uplifting nature that it brings to you, for the inspiration that it creates, for the internal motivation that it fills back up. There are things that we do that make us feel good about who we are or what we are or how we're doing, all of the above. And it's imperative that we slow down long enough, even if it's just for that split second, to be like, wow, wait, I'm on this walk because this is something I enjoy doing and I'm on this beautiful trail and I'm listening to things I enjoy listening to and I'm seeing nature all around me and just the world can just fade away. 
like that old commercial from the 80s, Calgon, take me away. Right? We have those moments where we're just like, no, this is where I'm supposed to be. And I and I create those for myself. Yes, Chattanooga was a little bit more of a whirlwind than I would have preferred. But when we're sitting in the hot tub and we're laughing and we got my soda water and it's a beautiful night and the crickets are going, I was like, wow, this is this is where I was supposed to be. And I'm going to get you guys out of here on this because we're coming up on that 30-minute mark. We passed it. But I was having a pretty rough go of things over the weekend, just emotionally with myself and, you know, how I'm treating myself. And it was like, you know, not a God guy as much, but I did just get done putting in 12 weeks at his way. So I, I am feeling this more of a spiritual connection to God and the Bible. And, you know, just as something that is part of the human existence, I can embrace all modalities of spirituality. None of them are the primary for me. They all play a role. And so I remember, you know, just talking to God and the universe and being like, all right, all right, universe, just... Breathe me in for a moment and just give me a sign that everything's going to be okay, that everything's going to be all right, that I'm going in the right direction, that I can chill out on myself and stop, you know, ride myself like a rented mule, (laughs) like like I'm Jesse James running away from the authorities on a horse that hasn't been fed, watered, or slept in three days. Like, seriously, I think my horse is getting ready to die in the desert. I just ask the universe, please please. I'm praying, please just give me a sign. So then we get in the car to go down to Pigeon Forge and this is Saturday morning. And (laughs) this is up in the mountains and it's windy roads. And so the Google maps can't keep up with the, with the twists and the turns very effectively. So I find myself trying to watch the map on the phone, but the map isn't shifting correctly. So I'm taking tons of wrong turns. So after I just got done praying for the universe to show me that I was going down the right path, that I was making the correct turns, I think out of my car and made like a series of incorrect turns. <laughs> so many of them that I was like, you know what, uh, whatever. I just <laughs> part of in my in my head, I honestly was like, you know what? Just pull the car over, <laughs> just park it and just get out and just walk because <laughs> you can't do any worse walking than you are currently doing driving. So finally, I just get fed up and I tell Jen, I'm like, you know what? I have a feeling that if we just keep going down, we'll get done. Like, just go down. And it turned out that wasn't correct. There was a couple times where we would take a turn and we'd go up a little bit, and then it would go down. So even the just keep going down thing didn't necessarily work. And I told you that long-ass two-minute, you know, preamble to this story because I'm making all these wrong turns. After I asked the universe to show me I was making correct turns and I was going in the right direction, then the universe and I decided to get lost in the mountains. And as I finally get on the right road and I'm driving down, it was like the universe was like, this is why we stalled you, because this is the moment you have been waiting for. For your whole life, you have been waiting for this moment. And I swear to you, I swear to you, that's exactly how I felt. Because off to the side of the road, off to the side of the road are these two bear cubs. And I'm telling you what, like I'm obsessed with bears. I talk about bears all the time. I, it's just, it's out of control. There's only been two other times in my life that I've come across a bear. One was at Yellowstone 
with a couple cubs. It was off in the distance. And because people at Yellowstone are ridiculous, like there was authorities and it was just, it was mayhem. I was in my motorcycle, um, in my motorcycle. I was on my motorcycle and I pulled up through the car so I could be front in line, which was a bad idea because then the park ranger made me drive past it and where I had been, had I stayed hidden behind a car, um, I would have been able to be like 15 feet away from a mama walking with two cubs right across the street. Instead, I had to pass it by. Then I had, they made me go like a hundred yards away. So I totally botched being able to see bears within, you know, like 15, 20 feet of me. The other time I came across a bear, sadly, was in Georgia driving through with my dad. Um, it had clearly been hit by a truck, a little baby cub, and it had no longer was, you know, it was dead. And it broke my heart. Like, I literally start, you know, crying as I'm riding my motorcycle because bears, I'm just, to me, are just the most cherished animal. And then to see one dead when they're so limited of them broke my heart. So this is the third time I've seen alive bears. Um, well, second time I've seen a live bear. Third time I've seen a bear in my life that wasn't in a zoo. Let's come on, let's reel it in a little bit. But they were so close. So we stopped and we got some videos. I should post them on social media. Um, they go across the street. And so we roll back and we're, we're seeing them. And they're like down in this creek. And like they must have been fed by humans at some point because they come out of the creek and they come straight towards the passenger door. And of course, Jen's like, you got to go. You got to go. The bear's going to jump up on your car. And I'm, you know, and I'm like, to me, I'm like, fuck yeah, man. <laughs> I'll open up the trunk. Bitch, get in. Get in. You want to go to Pigeon Forge? You want to go to Pigeon Forge? I'll buy you an ice cream cone. Yes, I will buy you an ice cream cone. <laughs> but, but I listened to her, and I pulled the car up about 10 feet. I didn't really try to move it very far because I was totally in. She got a really sweet-ass picture of this bear walking up. It did get within, like, six feet of the door. It was, it was, I've never seen a bear so close. It just was so adorable. So we pull up, and the bears end up messing around, and they come running up along the side, and they're playing up on this tree. And, of course, some stupid dump truck has to pass by right at that very moment and scare them off. But for that, like, five minutes, I just felt like the universe was like, everything's going to be all right, dude. You want, we, we, You've been running you ragged. You've been running yourself ragged. You prayed for a sign that you were going in the right direction. So we on purposely had you take multiple wrong turns because we wanted you to be here for this very moment when these bears were crossing the street. I want you to make your meaning where you choose to make your meaning because nothing has meaning till we give it meaning. I chose that those bears were going to give me meaning that I had prayed to the universe to just give me a sign that everything was going to be okay. And there's this song by the killers. Everything is going to be all right. Everything is everything's going to be all right. Yeah. Everything is going to be all right. And it's, it's literally on my repeat list on Spotify. I've been listening to this song so much. And I mean, I'm a Spotify junkie anyways, but literally I'm just always listening to, this uh, song, and I keep going back to it, like everything is gonna be, uh, everything's gonna be all right, and everything will be all right. It is off the Hot Fuss album. If you care to go listen to it, and I just pulled it up to be able to tell you that, and everything will be all right. And it was to me the universe driving me around so I could see these bears, and I chose to give those bears the meaning I just told you I spent the last seven minutes of this podcast explaining to you something that (laughs) it 
<laughs> One day I'll go back and listen to this episode and be like, oh my God, my bears. I love my bears. So, uh, and what was funny is the day before I had bought a shirt that says Gatlinburg, Tennessee, and it's got a bear on the front of it. And, it go, and under, underneath the bear, it says, worst case scenario, a bear will kill you. And so I put that shirt on and I was like, yeah, I'm going to wear my Gatlinburg, Tennessee shirt while I'm in Gatlinburg because I'm, that's who I am. I'm that dude. <laughs> and it said, worst case scenario, a bear kills you. And then here's these two baby cubs walking across the road. Uh, and where there's baby cubs, there's always a mama. So if any of you were like, you should have gotten out of the car and tried to hug it, you, that's not what we're going to do. And in fact, you should Google Farside uh, Anderson Brothers, I think it was. something. You just Google Farside Bears and watch these two little kids throwing this bear cub up in the air in this Farside cartoon and the mama bear off in the distance. And it's like, and the Anderson Brothers were never heard from again. <laughs> so you do not get out of your car when you see a bear cub. Um, and you definitely don't get out of your car when you see an adult bear. Either way, do not touch bears. Do not feed bears. Watch bears from distance and see the bears as a sign that everything is going to be all right. And so that is our episode for today. Um, Let's go back over this real quick. So if you wanted to write them all down, what is my current experience? Identify the negative voice. What would I like my current and future experience to be? Communicated with it to find out what it wants and listen for the positive intent. That was one and two. Number three, find out what it is I really want and figure out what outcome I'm seeking. That's three. Number four, talk it through using positive reframing and conscious shifting of language patterns. And then number five, I made a promise to myself to work on the achievement of my challenges by releasing the guilt, accepting me for me, and getting all of my parts working and harmonizing together. And your parts might be husband or wife or parent or baseball coach or teacher or professor or whatever it might be, counselor, all these different pieces of you, you want to get them working together and harmonizing together. And one of those pieces I want you to start to focus on is relaxation version of you, chilled out version of you. What is it you can do to be able to just chill out, lay on the couch, or go for a walk, or, I don't know, sit underneath a tree and talk to bees, whatever it might be. You are the one who makes the meaning for the way you choose to relax. Other people may not think that it's relaxing to go to a bowling alley and throw that thing for two hours. But if that's what you feel is relaxing, then that's what I want you to go do for yourself. This overwhelm and this exhaustion, this is sort of the way our society likes to be. But we can choose a different way. And it starts with just being consciously aware of how you're talking to yourself, how you're treating yourself. Actively choosing a more positive way to talk to yourself with an actual confirmation, a proof mechanism that says, I believe this about me. Reframe it, be positive, and then embrace those in challenges that you make to yourself. Releasing the guilt, accepting you for you. I will be working on this each and every day. I already woke up this morning feeling lighter than I have in weeks because of this coaching session. Um, if this is something that you're interested in, you want to be involved in the tribe or the hub or some coaching, Jesse Mogul, 
com slash ask me. Hit me up. Let me know how I can be of assistance. I will get back with you. Other than that, I hope you all have a great week. I can't wait to see you again next week. Um, I really feel like I was waiting for some impactful and powerful way, but I cannot stop, stop thinking about those bears. God damn, that was so cool. All right, my friends, inclusivity over exclusivity, the power of positive energy, release and flow. Every day is the best day of our life, especially when we see bears on a morning we wake up sober. Shout out to sunshine. Glow on. See you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.